0: Thanks for listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. If you're in the Orlando area, we hope you're able to join us for one of our services. Please check out faithassembly.org for more information or follow us on social media at FaithORL. We hope this message will be an inspiration to help you find all that God has for your life. Enjoy the message. We are going to pick up uh, and review just a little bit from last week. We're in James chapter four, and uh, I'm, uh, I'm adding some stuff and supplementing some things here. One of my favorite subjects, it is a subject that I will assure you uh, most Christians in the world are not aware of. Uh, we had someone, actually it was my former neighbor, Him and his family started attending here when they moved in. And uh, he he came and told me, because I spoke on, uh, touched on this about uh, a year and a half ago. And he said, Pastor, he said, I have never, ever heard that in my life. And I knew he was reflective of uh, plenty of other Christians that was not aware. So those of you trying to follow me, uh, those uh, you that is trying to follow me on the notes, um, we're probably going to need to pay you overtime. And so, uh, be, I mean, make sure you follow me as best you can because I'm reviewing a little. I'm, I don't know why I'm looking up there, but uh, I'm reviewing a little bit and uh, then uh, I'm jumping over some stuff. Okay, I'm looking at you now. Now, he's probably up there looking at a computer. He's not looking out the window saying, okay, all right? But uh, James chapter four. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, we don't pay overtime around here. I'm sorry. All right, so you just just do a good job. James chapter four, 11 and 12, and uh, on verse thir- uh, page 35, all right? Do not speak evil of one another. Brethren, he who speaks evil of a brother and judges his brother. Speaks evil of the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver who is able to save and destroy. Who are you to judge another? Now, it is scripture like this that maybe the average person reads through and they say, wow, um, I am not to judge my brother. It says it right here. Who are you to judge another? So I want to get into your mind right from the start. There is non-scriptural judging and then there is scriptural judging or there is wrong judging and there is right scriptural judging. The Bible does tell us to judge, but it tells us not to judge in the wrong way. All right, so there's a big difference, and we're gonna look at the scripture tonight. So those of you that thought I'm never to judge anybody, That's not true. It's not even scriptural. So as you put all the scripture together, the picture becomes very clear in your mind. So here it is saying, don't judge another. In other words, if you're speaking evil of another brother or a brother, chances are, yes, you are judging that person speaking evil of them. But if you are speaking to that brother in love because they got an issue, they've got a problem, and in love you're speaking the truth to them, in pointing out to them something they're doing that is wrong, that is not judging, all right? So, I hope that becomes even more clear uh, tonight. So, we're going to page 36, and uh, I don't even know if they've got pages up there, but anyway, all right, recognizing sin, look at this. Is it on the board? No, I don't see it. But it's coming. All right, there it is. He's fast. All right. Maybe we'll, we will cons- reconsider the overtime, all right? We'll pray about it. All right. Recognizing sin. Acknowledging what is right and wrong. Making a decision on someone's actions is not judging if we are doing it in love and in the right scriptural way so what has happened is this the devil himself the kingdom of darkness has made this one of their favorite scriptures uh, uh, or in Matthew chapter 7 verse 1 judge not lest you be judged so people uh, that's been emphasized so much Uh, by people who didn't know any better, and they told others, you're not supposed to judge me. You're not supposed to judge me. In most of those situations, it is someone pointing out a wrong in someone else's life, and that person doesn't like it, so they come back with, you're judging me. Well, absolutely, I'm judging you. If you you fall down drunk, All right, I'm going to recognize you've got a problem with alcohol. Or if you've got other issues that are, according to the Word of God, sinful, me pointing that out in my attempt to try to help you is not Judging. Can I hear one amen somewhere? All right. Okay. So you're getting it. All right. So uh, be careful with this because uh, as we talked last week, it is very easy to fall into the trap of judging quickly situations where we don't have all the facts, all right? And I pointed out to you, uh, Mr. DeLorean, um, that true story, had become a Christian. He was being set up by a drug dealer, and uh, he was made to look wrong. Listen, people that are not born again and love Jesus are capable of sin whether it's in Washington, D.C., in Orlando, in and, and the, and the uh, uh, rural areas, uh, dairy areas of Wisconsin, people without Christ are capable of doing wrong, uh, setting people up, lying to people. And so we've got to be careful that we don't judge incorrectly or unscripturally, but we do judge scripturally. Okay, so... Last week, someone told me, Pastor, you were going through the eight uh, issues, uh, symptoms of judging, and uh, you were going through so fast that I just had to take a picture. Well, I thought, all right, I'll I'll go through them again this week real fast. So uh, you've got two real fast parts, all right? So symptoms of wrong judging. I am judging if, number one, there we are, their failure improves the opinion I have of myself. Okay. Uh, in other words, we feel much better about our own little uh, failures if we find somebody that's specially got a big one, all right? And number two, their failure decreases my concern for the faults that I have or the sins that I have, all right? Their failure decreases my concern. For my own wrongdoing. Number three, their failure gives me a desire to see them punished. Somebody ought to do something. I mean, people that show no mercy Uh, have got an issue to start with because God's mercies are new every morning, all right? God is full of mercy, thank goodness, and thank God. But uh, if we have the attitude, send them to jail, throw, throw them in a jail cell, and throw away the key. Now, how many of you have ever said that? Anybody here? Admit it. All right, I got my hand up because I said that about you. All right, so anyway, no, I did not. But have I ever said that? Yes. I mean, there have been times, that person is guilty as mud. Uh, There's no reason to even have a trial. We know they're guilty, and we get confused a little bit because um, our law is such that uh, it's a little convoluted. Someone Pulls a mask. Well, everybody's got a mask now. Anyway, uh, but or a lot of people do, did have. Uh, a guy goes to a bank, goes in, pulls a mask over his face, walks up with a gun, says, give me all the money. And then he, everybody, get on the ground. Then he goes outside, jumps in a getaway car with a driver, speeds off, and the police follow him and chase him down and catch him, pull him over the news media shows up and says, the alleged robber, and that just drives me batty, because I'm like, wait a minute, he's got the money, they saw who he was at the bank and point him out, but they can't say that because everybody is innocent until proven guilty, all right? And uh, that's good, I guess, but I, I don't know. I, if you catch the guy with the money walking out of the bank with a gun and you trip him up and pick him up, I think he should just go into jail right there. I think it's pretty much over with. But thank God our law is there to protect us even if the assumption of guilt is there. So overall, I think it's a good thing. Number four, I am eager to tell others. I'm judging if I'm eager to tell others of their failure. Oh boy, which travels the fastest? Good news, bad news? Well, I don't know which one does. I don't travel, all right, so um, I don't, uh, you know, I, I don't know, I think bad news probably has a slight edge unless it's really, really, really good news. I think it has a slight edge, all right? Number five, their failure prompts me to review their past failures. Their failure prompts me to review their past failures. All right, you get it. Number six, their failure causes me to feel I cannot forgive them. Oh, my goodness. We are judging that person if we fail to offer in our spirit forgiveness to them. It doesn't matter what they, Jesus didn't make an exception on forgiveness. He didn't say, if it's a horrible, horrible, life-changing event that they cause such pain in your life that you may never get over it. He didn't say, well, maybe you don't have to forgive them then. No. Every person we are to forgive because it releases us. It's not necessary even about them first and foremost. It releases us. All right, I've told this, this story many times. But when we don't forgive and we hold something against someone, yes, we're judging them. And here's how we know. Because it's like we, we take them and we put them in a little cage in our heart. And we walk around with them in our heart. And we think about them every once in a while. And we smack them a little bit. We're like, ah, ah. Once in a while, we're around people and somebody brings them up. And we reach up, take them out, open the cage, and pew, pew, pew. that person, you won't believe what they did to me. And you absolutely beat them up in front of others. You stick them back in the cage and you stick them back in your heart. Meantime, bitterness has started to grow, the cage is rusting. And you are having problems because you didn't do what Christ said to do, and that was to forgive everybody, even before they ask. You say, Pastor, it was horrible. I know it was horrible, but you've got to forgive them because you're still judging them, and you let others judge them. You let the law judge them, and if somebody does you wrong and uh, abuses you sexually, physically, call the cops. There's nothing wrong with that. There have been women in the past that have called our offices and said, My husband is, you know, he's, you know, beating me up. Call the cops and put him in jail. I have no problem, okay, telling them he's breaking the law. Put him in jail. But I love him. Yes, put him in jail. That is not unscripturally judging him. That is straight, letting the law, who is stronger than you and mightier than you, straighten out a situation. It should not be happening. All right, oh, got I'm bogging down here. I knew it. All right, number seven. I jump to conclusions about a few known facts. You can't, we can't jump to conclusions about a few known facts. We need to know the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Number eight, if I am more interested in exposing rather than restoring, then I've got a spirit of wrong judging, unscriptural judging. That's why in Matthew chapter seven, verse one, judge not that you be not judge. But it's it's not talking about right judging. As I know, we go through this, you're gonna see it. Wrong judging, our knowledge is limited, we do not know the individual as they really are. Many times we pass judgment when we don't know the whole story. We jump to conclusions. And let me say again, you cannot immediately believe anything you hear on the news or almost anything. I mean, the news is so manipulated today it is so twisted and perverted and it's full of lies. Uh, there was a couple three years ago, there was a person in, in a high position. Uh, they were going before Congress during the day uh, under te- on the sworn uh, under, what do you call it? Uh, uh, when they raise your hand. Okay, hey, one of those. And uh, they got in there and they had to tell the truth, lest they be punished, they had to tell the truth. Then they would go on the networks at night and lie through their teeth and say the opposite of what they had said while they were under whatever that is. All right, so anyway. Okay, uh, number two, Matthew chapter uh, two or seven, verse two. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. In other words, I would never do that. I can't believe that. Be very careful. I would recommend never saying I would never do that. Speaking about someone who's doing something wrong. Because you don't know what you would do if you were put in similar circumstance. And so, you are going to be tested in the same way. If you come unscripturally judging someone, you're judging them harshly, then you will be judged harshly, not by God, but by others. And so, this is how this works. This is why we want to back away from unscriptural judging, we'll be judged in the same way. If we judge unscripturally, we need to watch for the attitude, I would never do that. What our attitude might be is this. Years ago when I first came to this church, uh, I walked outside and I heard the news from from someone. They said uh, a pastor here in the city had fallen. And I walked away, thankfully, praise God, walked away broken, broken. Thinking there I go, but by the grace of God, there I go, but by the grace of God, and uh, I don't, I don't know why grace was available to them. I know that, but uh, we are, all, we are none of us fully understand what we are capable of doing without God, and so every one of us need to realize without God, we may be doing worse than what we are condemning others for. So let's don't condemn them let's just say let's pray for them say there i go but by the grace of god all right matthew chapter 7 verse 3 and why do you look at the speck see matthew chapter 7 that starts off, judge not is not a scriptural context of uh coming out against judging No, it flips it in just a moment, a few scripture down. It uh, it flips it so that you and I understand. And Matthew says, don't judge wrongly because you will be judged in the same way. And then he goes on. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye when you've got a plank in your own eye? So a lot of times, people walking around with planks are looking for specks in others. Take out the plank. Now, look what he says. Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye. And look, a plank is in your own eye. Hypocrite. Now, we are judging when we are pointing out the speck in others and we're walking around with a plank, we're judging unscripturally, all right? But then he he gives a remedy. He doesn't say, don't help your brother who's got the speck in their eye. He didn't say, don't ever uh, try to pick out the speck in somebody else's eye. No, he goes on to say, first, remove the plank. Get the big old plank out of your eye. And then he says, just because you had a plank in your eye that you have since removed does not disqualify you from help, helping be a speck picker, all right? And uh, and when you see clearly, to, then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. See, um, you know, the eye is such a sensitive thing, and I think that's why Matthew, by the Spirit, pointed it out. Because would you want somebody with, that couldn't see, had a, you know, a big old plank in their eye, messing with your eye, trying to take out a speck? How I many of us, we're so, so careful. If I get a hair lash in my eye, you know, it's horrible. Uh, and all of us have. I guess. Uh, and it's in my eye and, and I can open my eye big and, uh, and I will say, oh, I see it. And Alice will say, let me help you. No, no, that's all right. That's, that's all right. I will do it. And I take a tissue and point it, you know, squeeze it and turn it and twist it and point it, then dampen it and gently, oh, so gently lift out. And so when we do take the plank out of our eye, doesn't mean that we walk up and say, hey, let me see that thing and reach in there and, you know, with a pair of pliers. I've got some tweezers here. Let me take that lash out of your eye. No, we gently, softly, lovingly help remove those things from others' lives. You know, I've... um, uh, all of us have done it. All of us have probably done it. Um, maybe the reason I like this subject so much is because I feel like I, I still want to conquer in this area. Uh, I look back, and I've seen so many times when I simply failed. Uh, there, was a, there was a young girl years ago. Uh, I was still... I was still the youth pastor, I guess, at that time. And um, she, she came into my office and just railed on her mother. And I mean, the more she talked, the more up, upset. I got toward her, and my attitude toward her was not good. Um, two or three days later, I saw her. And immediately I started thinking that rebellious girl, she's so rebellious, I'll tell you. Like the witchcraft. It's, you know, she got a serious problem. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit stopped me and spoke to my heart and said, This you do not know what has happened since you last heard things from her mouth. It's been a couple of days. You don't know what's happened. You don't know if she walked away. You don't know if I touched her heart and she asked forgiveness. You don't know if she is before me pure and holy. You don't know that. But you just called her rebellious. And I'm like, God, please help me shut my mouth, and I thought to myself, I called somebody rebellious that I had no clue. I saw evidence of it three days before. Oh, yes, I did, but for me to call her rebellious was a judgmental statement and wrong. Parents, be careful, Um, you know, because our kids will do things at times, and Let's don't label them with a, uh, with a label. Let's don't label them. Let's don't judge them. Let's don't mark them, okay? All right. Well, it's 20 after. I'm still going. Okay. All right. So things we are to judge. Let me go through this. Going to be a, get your camera out. All right. Uh, things we are to judge. Number one, we are examine ministers and prophets. Whoa, that sounds like fun. Okay, is it scriptural? What about a person's lifestyle? In other words, let me give you a scripture. Revelation chapter two, verse two says, I know your works, I, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. Uh, who's this? The uh, church of Ephesus, all right. And you have, look at this part. And you have, you're a good church in this regard. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars. Okay? I mean, John, he's all by himself. He's laying it out there, all right? So uh, he says, you are, by the Spirit, he says, you're a good church. There's a lot of good things about you, and you have tested uh, Apostles of false apostles, and found them to be liars. And so, when, how many of you would say they judge, testing same thing? They judge those apostles. They had to to find out they were liars. And uh, so then, that doesn't mean they didn't do it in love. You have to do it in love. We don't. We don't come in here, and someone comes up to this pulpit, and we're like. Okay, I'm going to find something wrong. No, um, we're not looking for wrong. We're looking for right, okay? We're looking for the fruit of the Spirit. But if something is said uncorrectly, unscripturally, then chances are stabbed. We will deal with it. And uh, hopefully, it's not a major correction. Hopefully, it's something that they easily change. But you and I get to judge uh, even prophets. Let me read to you 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and 29. Let two or three prophets, in this case, it's prophets judging, prophets speak, and let the other prophets judge. All right? Let two or three prophets speak, and let the other prophets judge. Number two, uh, deacons. All right, and First Timothy chapter three ten. I didn't warn the board ahead of time, but uh, anyway, okay. First Timothy, thank God for our board deacons. They're great people. First Timothy three ten. But let those, or these also first be tested, and let them serve as deacons being found blameless, all right? So we have to judge things to measure or, let me put it this way, we vet, all right? We vet uh, people, minister to make sure their doctrine is right. Uh, we vet deacons to make sure that uh, they are proven worthy of that position. Number three, doctrine is to be judged, Going to just give you a couple of scripture here. Romans 16, 17. Now, I urge you, brethren, note those who cause division and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you learned, and avoid them. All right? And now... Uh, it's talking about judging those that are causing harm and avoid them. We judge them. We take note. If they don't respond, then we avoid them. Uh, down in Second John, verse uh, nine, or Second John seven, no, Second John just verse nine. Uh, Whoever transgresses and does not abide in the doctrine of Christ does not have God. He who abides in the doctrine of Christ, is that on the screen? Yes, it is. Uh, Yeah. Is that verse one or chapter one? Is that right? Okay. Yeah. 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 It's my notes. I should know. All right. So anyway. All right. Whoever transgresses and does not abide in the doctrine of Christ does not have God. He who abides in the doctrine of Christ has both the father and the son. Number four, I'm hurrying up here, Uh, uh, unscriptural conduct of Christians, unscriptural conduct of Christians, and uh, I'm not going to read you the verses I had on the screen because um, I I thought this is better. All right, let me just give it to you, Ephesians chapter four, but speaking the truth in what? Love may grow up in all things unto him who is the head, Christ. So when some brother, or sister does something wrong, what do we do? We chew them out. No, we speak the truth in love. Okay. From whom the whole body joined and knit together by every joint supplies, according to the effective, effective working by which every part does its share. And when we speak the truth in love, helping our brother and sister pointing out things that will be beneficial spiritually to them, okay, then every part grows. It causes growth, Ephesians 4 said, of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Okay, so let me just keep going here real fast. Then I really like this one. You know who you get to judge scripturally? Yourself. Okay, so you're looking for somebody to judge, judge yourself, all right? Okay, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 28, 31, but let a man examine, judge himself, so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup, for if we judge ourselves, we would not be judged. You want to be hard on somebody in love? Be hard on yourself in love, okay? (laughs) All right. When we are not to judge, let me just give them the highlights, all right? Okay, running out of time. Don't want to hold you over, and we'll have to pay overtime for sure. All right, so when we are not to judge, when we're not to judge, number one, when we do the same or worse. Okay, you're judging if you do the same or worse. Number two, we do not, well, wait a minute, is that? when we are not to judge, when we do, yeah, when we are to do the same, or we scripturally judge. all right. People with different traditions. Number three, do not judge the inner motives of another believer or question the value of their service to God. He may even be here. In other words, we don't sum up a person's uh, character. Uh, my, my roommate before Alice, she, I mean he, um, okay, uh, he, of course it was he. It was Pat Drake. He was here Sunday, I can verify. Um, okay, but uh, he may be here tonight. Pat, are you here? He's around. He's been living in Idaho, but he was here Sunday. Okay, All right, it's clear to tell it. Okay, um, Pat, he, did, he got saved at our church Uh, he was hitchhiking across the country as young man, got, uh, came, met a family. They brought him to a revival. He got saved the first night and, uh, he's still serving God. Um, he didn't know the Bible that well. And so when we were rooming together, um, for a period of time, I would do something. He'd say, you fool. And I would be like, oh God, obviously he didn't know the scripture and um, I didn't come back, chew him out. I actually let him call me a fool several times. Finally, I could take it no more, and I'm like, Pat, I need to read you a scripture. Um, Here it is, Pat, but whoever in Matthew chapter 5, 22, but whoever says you fool shall be in danger of hell fire. Do you understand that passage, Pat? Don't call me a fool anymore, all right? So he's like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know. Well, you know now, all right. Okay, we don't say that man is a fool. We may say he's acting foolish, but we don't sum up his character by labeling him a fool, all right? Okay, Um, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God, all right? Then uh, by the biblical definition, you can read the scripture, but okay. Don't sum up people by that to properly scripturally judge is uh, number one. Let me give it to you quickly in closing. Remember, judges must know all the facts before drawing final conclusions. Number two, we need to have our own act together. Okay, if we're gonna help others, or we're, we're gonna decide we're gonna be in the judging business, we better make sure Our own act is together. And number three, be always motivated by love and desire to help others, not expose them. Amen. All right, that's good. I hope you enjoyed listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. Thank you for joining us in pursuit of growing closer to Christ. Stay tuned for more messages released every week. God bless.